This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. Hey everyone, and welcome to Ages and Icons. I'm Mike Crisologo, arts and entertainment editor at Zoomer Magazine. And I'm Gina Bucci. No title, no fancy title like Mike has. <laughs> we're at the Ed Mervish Theater. Yeah, we're live in the, well, live to tape, I guess. Yeah, In the sure. lobby of the Ed Mervish <laughs> Theater in downtown Toronto. Mike, did you just pick up a new phrase and you're going to use it <laughs> live to tape? I don't think that's what this is, but uh, we're, the podcast will be recorded here at the Ed Mervish uh, Theater in downtown Toronto, as Mike just said. And you will be hearing a bit of uh, rehearsing the background and give them some background on that, Mike. Well, you're going to be hearing the songs of Foreigner uh, blasting through the doors here in the background because... Our interview today is with Foreigner uh, founding member, guitarist, songwriter, all-around music legend, Mick Jones. Mick Jones! Uh, who's here in Toronto ahead of the, uh, the Toronto debut of Jukebox Hero, the, yeah. the musical based on the music of Foreigner. Yeah, that's right. So it's awesome. So we're here in the theater. They're doing rehearsals right now, as Gina said. Mick is about to come up here uh, mm-hmm. and join us for a quick interview. So that means Gina, unfortunately, is going to be sort of bumped off the mic. That's right. And uh, mic pressure's on because yeah. I'm cold as ice. And if I start to screw it up, you can just jump in, grab my mic, and That's right. just push me out of I the I am chair. willing to sacrifice our love, Mike. <laughs> also, I want to make sure that you find out what love is during this interview. That's your number one goal. <laughs> I've um, been waiting for an interview like you all my life. Oh, yeah. That's what I'll say to Mick. Well, I am hot blooded. walk out. Yeah. Okay, Mike. Um, I gotta go. So Mick is uh, up on his way, and uh, have a great interview. Awesome. Hey, bye. All right, as promised, we are here in the lobby of the Ed Mervish Theatre. You can hear uh, the music of Foreigner blasting in the background. And that's because we're here with Mick Jones. Thank you so much for being here today, sir. We really pleasure. appreciate it. Yeah. Um, so uh, I talked about it in the intro, but your, the Jukebox Hero musical uh, containing the music of Foreigner is uh, starting here in Toronto on February 20th to the 24th. Um, it's going to be a huge hit. I know the tickets are in great demand. But it's interesting to me that the reason we're here right now, or one of the main reasons, is a conversation that you had with yeah. Diana Ross after a flight delay at an airport back in yeah. the 80s. Yeah, yeah. Correct? Can, can you tell us a little bit about that and how that led to this today? Yeah, we were, um, both, on the, we were both on the same flight to New York, and uh, it, it had been delayed, so they put us in a little VIP room. <laughs> and uh, I walk in and there she is and uh, first of all it took a little getting over that you know uh, <laughs> stunning and um, we, we got to talking and I believe she just uh, finished the, the whiz so she was starting to get into uh, theatrical production and and um, we were talking and she said you know you have a great uh, song that could really work as a musical and um, First of all, I was pretty surprised that she knew my songs. You know, uh, she probably knew the singles, and but um, she said, "Yes, yeah, Jukebox Hero is just a great title. You, you've got to, you've got to do something with that." And um, we didn't end up doing it. We we both wanted to do it, but uh, it coincided with a lot of other stuff we were doing, and so we put it on the shelf and. Uh, Pulled it out about a year ago. Wow. And, uh, <laughs> so about 30 years later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've heard that things move slow in show business, but... <laughs> that's 
Right, yeah. right. Um, so, I mean, for yourself, someone who's obviously you wrote the songs, you performed the songs thousands of times uh, mm -hmm. over the course of your career, what is it like for you to sit in a theater and hear the, the interpretation and the performance of these songs by the, the stage artists? And the well, I, um, I, I kind of lent my ear to uh, the auditions. Yeah. And, um, you know, we went through that quite, uh, you know, quite uh, in depth. And um, I, to tell you the truth, the, the run-throughs we did at, uh, in, um, in Edmonton and Calgary, uh, I was blown away. Yeah. I had no idea that the songs could actually be played by somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it was... Um, it was kind of an, an eye-opener eye for me. So. And, and I'm sure a lot of the people in the audience who are, are fans of Foreigner, or, or whether they're not, and they've just heard the songs yeah. before, they'll sort of probably rediscover something maybe new about the songs, given that it's a different performers singing. Yeah. As the songwriter, as the artist, did you yeah. rediscover anything about any of these songs that you've written? Any other side to them that maybe you didn't notice before? Yeah, there, there are some of the songs that I get emotional about, you know, a combination of knowing that on stage they're likely to touch a lot of people in the audience. You see people identifying them with them. Um, and, uh, and, and some of the ballads, you know, they sound great. And, um, you know, as I say, I was just, uh, it was way over what I expected. Yeah. And um, since then, you know, watching it grow and and turn into to this, you know. Yeah. It's kind of a dream. Yeah, it's huge now. Yeah. Um, did you speak with any of the performers, offer any sort of advice or mentorship for performing the songs, or? Um, well, uh, no, not really. I think, you know, they know it's a serious venture and they all want to do the best, you yeah. know. And um, I just encourage them and uh, I like what I'm hearing, so uh, maybe a little tweak here and there, but um, you know, it's, it's got a life of its own. It will have, hopefully, yeah. and uh, there we go. Yeah, I mean, for the people who will listen to this, they uh, may not realize that we've been in the lobby for the last few hours, and we've been listening yeah. to them, the, the music coming from the theater there, and it's, yeah. it's fantastic. Just, yeah. It's just rocking. It's hard to walk around here and not be bopping your head or oh, tapping thank your you. feet. Thank you. Um, now, you mentioned before that the show did, it was sort of produced by, um, by Foreigner and Anarin Productions out of Calgary. Yeah. And it sort of grew out of Calgary and workshopping in Alberta, Calgary, yeah. Edmonton and such. Yeah. And now it's in Toronto. So I'm wondering if there's a reason for the Canadian connection or, or if there is a, a sort of a Canadian connection to Foreigner through the years. Well, um, the first connection I had was I was supposed to emigrate here from England. Oh, okay. And uh, Brian, Brian Adams and I have joked over the years, what would have happened if you, <laughs> you'd been born in England and I was, you know, uh, it's funny. Um, we had a, we, we took Brian on our first, well, one of our first big tours okay. for the Four album and uh, I think it really helped him. He, in fact, he told me it really helped him a yeah. lot. So we have that that bond. Um, I love the Canadian people. Uh, I, you know, if it were another world, I would probably be moving to Canada right now. 
because where I live is a little scary. Yeah. <laughs> down there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, and that's, you know that Mick is sincere saying that because it's February as we record this right now. The weather is terrible, so if yeah. he wants to move to Canada when he's here in February, that, yeah. is, that is some true, yeah. uh, true words there. I wanted to ask you just a little bit in general, I mean, the music that we're hearing here with Jukebox Hero mm. is a lot of Foreigner's greatest hits. And Foreigner in general has sold what, something like 80 million records, yep. one of the best-selling bands of all time, which is phenomenal. Thank I mean, you. We, you sit here um, watching this musical take shape and with this legacy uh, to your name. Mm -hmm. um, how does that feel for you as, as an artist? And you guys just celebrated your 40th anniversary last year, yeah. too, Foreigner. Yeah. So, I mean, how does it feel after 40 years to be able to sit there and know that you built that? Um, feel a tremendous amount of gratitude for having the chance to do this. And um, as I say, you know, it's, I'd have never dreamed that this band was going to uh, persevere, change in, in a little few ways, you know, but persevere and adjust itself to this time and realize that there are so many people that, that love the songs still. We have a tremendous support from radio still. You know, the band that we have now, currently, has been together for, for about 14 years. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's no longer a new band. It's yeah. <laughs> definitely foreigner in a new, uh, you know, with a new, um, fresh, approach right. and uh, very powerful and we're on, we're kind of in a surge time now where we're back playing arenas and sheds and and we're touring headlining festivals in in Europe and um, that again I, I have trouble sort of wow <laughs> you know you get 15 year old kids in the front row down there going crazy singing the words of the songs wow and um, you know, I go like, what year is this? You right. know, what? Because it just feels like, uh, feels like the first time again. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, I mean, I imagine, I guess if 40 years ago, or 35 years ago, somebody had said you'd be headlining festivals, oh. I mean, you wouldn't have believed it, right? No, I mean, really not. Uh, again, I think um, the songs have helped to uh, install us in that, you know, rare kind of air. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's still fun playing them. You know, not every single night, but yeah. it's still <laughs> generally a lot of fun playing them. We improvise a little bit and um, show the, uh, the quality of musicianship in the band. And, um, and the songs just seem to project. And, uh, you know, you look out there in the crowd and some people are emotional, weeping. You know, we've had a lot of correspondence about that over the years, where people, um, you know, have gone through trying times when they've lost family members, uh, when people are getting married, you know, yeah. weddings. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's wild, because you get that feedback. Right. And you see them, you know, and you see them reacting. And that's wow. a big deal. That's got to be one of the most fulfilling things about yeah. what you've done yeah, in your it career. Is. Yeah. I uh, saw a recent interview with you um, where you were talking about touring and touring at this point in your career and how yeah. it's a little bit different than when you were younger. 
and that you and, and the band, you eat yeah. better and take better care of yourself uh, mm -hmm. than perhaps you did in your earlier days. So I wanted to ask a little bit about that and what a, a tour sort of involves for you and how it is different from those younger days. Well, I mean, they're much more organized than they used to be. Uh, you know, it's become like anything. It's a, it's a rolling little corporation in yeah. a way, and a family. <laughs> and, um, you know, obviously the riders in the dressing room have changed quite a bit. Instead of the, you know, being lined around with used champagne bottles, it's, um, you know, it's, it's soft drinks and uh, water. And, um, you know, the food uh, has become better on the road. You know, yeah. they have caterers that really do, you know, custom, uh, customize what you want to eat. And um, buses have come, become a bit more comfortable. Right. And in, a lot more comfortable. And uh, sometimes, you know, if we need to take private aviation, we do that. Right. But um, depending on the itinerary where we're going. But we don't overdo it. You know, we're uh, sort of sensible about, about it. Right. We do want to make a little... It is a job, after all. Of you know? <laughs> <laughs> but a good job. Now, you... Uh, well, Foreigner uh, is going to be touring Canada, the Cold as Ice Tour, uh, yeah. through parts of February and March, and, and I believe you're going to be on yes. some of those shows. Yes. So what do you personally enjoy about touring uh, nowadays? Well, um, I find it it's interesting. We just came back from Australia, and we hadn't been there for a few years. And you see the way the cities have changed, the, you know, the modern look and decor and architecture. Um, I like going to museums sometimes if um, they have something on in the town that I'd like to see. Yeah. And, um, you know, uh, I like traveling, you know, around the world to see again what's going on. And right. Yeah, you, because you get a real, when you're in those countries, you get much more of a feel about what's going on uh, generally, you know like to stay aware. Yeah, and, and I guess a lot of artists will sometimes say that, sure, I've toured the world, but it's sort of, I've toured the world's hotels, and then the, the hotel to the stadium, yeah. and then stadium to the airport, and you're out. Yeah. So it sounds like you get to at least experience a little bit more of the Yeah, culture. I like to. I mean, I don't like to sort of just sleep in all day. Yeah. I like to get up and feel I'm, you know, I can enjoy it, and, uh, and it's, yeah, it's always fun to do that. But, um, you know, it's, uh, it's still a challenge, touring. Of course. You know, we do pretty heavy tours. We probably do about 120 this year. Wow. And um, that takes, you have to be in shape. Right. You know? So in that way, it really keeps me in shape. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it forces you, I guess, to be in shape. Right? Yeah, you have to, yeah. Um, I, I wanted to ask you about that because you had your heart surgery in 2012, I believe. Had my first. You had your heart surgery? Yeah. In, in 2012, was, yeah. was it? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously still touring after that sort of um, medical procedure and yeah. that on your body. The, the, yeah. What it, the well, I kind of eased back into it. Yeah. Um, I was determined that... Uh, my career was going to continue and um, a combination of family, friends, you know, gave me a lot of support and, um, you know, I guess at some point you have to pay 
for some of the follies that you uh, indulged in, in those days especially. <laughs> but um, the band was never really like a drug, yeah. known for, for drug taking or, there was a fair amount of drinking, but yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we made it through, so. You did, and you're here, and, and 40th anniversary in the bag. I mean, what um, what kind of maybe tips or advice or just sort of things have you learned about just staying healthy and, and active at this point in your career could you share with our listeners? Well, um, I, I think you have to decide that you're going to do this and um, you're not going to come back home kind of as a wreck. You know, you're going to come back. It, it's always a little bittersweet to finish a tour. I always get like the last few days, I'm like, oh, I've got to go back and readjust to another life. But it's, um, it's all good, you know, it's all, uh, and really, you know, as I say, if you, if you choose something to do, you know, I like to read a lot. It's a chance to catch up on, you know, um, music and what's happening. It becomes a little family vibe on the bus, you know. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. Sweet. Um, I mean, just looking back on your career, um, j just a quick look at your bio and, and, you know, just looking at people that you've worked with or befriended, everyone from the Beatles to George Harrison, Peter Frampton, Billy Joel, Van Halen. I mean, you're, you're crossing generations. I look at the yeah. work you've done as a, as a performer and also as a producer and songwriter and such, and you bridge yeah. all these generations of stars yeah and so I mean to me and to most of us that's incredible we know who we love about that but when you look back on it what are those the memories that stand out to you as the most the ones that sort of affected you most well um, playing at the garden in New York was yeah. one big uh, milestone you know and then playing in London at the Wembley uh, arena yeah. getting all my family up and Letting them see what I do, yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know there have, have been uh, a number of high points, some low points, but um, managed to survive through that and continue. And so, um, you know, there, there are a bunch of different uh, reasons to celebrate, and um, but you know we don't take it too seriously. I mean, yes, we take the music and the performing seriously, but um, we've been—I've uh, been, you know, doing this for quite a long time, um, and uh, just every day I feel thankful for, you know, having come through a few trials and tribulations, and uh, so life's a bit of a celebration for yeah. me. It's oh, it's funny and, and really great to hear that you, when you say you don't take all the sort of other stuff too seriously. Yeah. But it, you know, it's funny to me to think like, well, here's this this artist who was hanging out with the Beatles in the '60s at yeah. the height of Beatlemania. <laughs> I mean, just the the memories that you must have and, and the people yeah. that you met. It must have been an incredible ride. Yeah, that was a big uh, yeah big moment in my life. Yeah. Spending a, uh, probably five or six days with them. Wow. They took me under their wing and, uh, to the point where I thought I was going to be going to the States with them. <laughs> <laughs> Part of the British invasion. Oh, yeah. I had the fantasy was there already. And um, 
and that was kind of invaluable and I thought gosh if I could get even close to that level you know yeah um, and I got pretty close yeah you know? absolutely yeah. absolutely now that brings up I mean the inevitable questions that a lot of um, stars of your generation are starting to retire and do their farewell tours yeah. and such and as we said before you've done your 40th anniversary tour and yeah. and that was not a retirement tour no so I mean where, where do you stand on the, that sort of idea of well <clears throat> we decided um, to do some shows with uh, Lou and the original members of the band yeah with Lou Grant. <clears throat> we've done a yeah. number of those and they've been very successful and I think the, the fans seem to love them they love the way that perhaps the band is able to reconstituate, reconst whatever. Reconfigure. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. um, and, uh, you know, as I say, it goes down very well. And I like it too, because the last two shows we did, something happened, and I got really got back into the, you know, late 70s vibe, and I was moving the same way, and I was like, doing all the shapes and stuff, you know, and I thought, what am I doing at this age, doing all that? <laughs> but people loved it, and yeah. uh, I loved it too. It gave me, a, reminded me of that energy we had at the beginning, and uh, I uh, had a great time. That's amazing. So just sort of, the plan is to just keep on going, uh, see what happens, yeah, sort we'll of thing? Yeah, see what happens, yeah. and one day at a time for right. me. And, uh, yeah, we'll just uh, see. I'm not going to be uh, wheeled on the stage or anything like that. But uh, I'd, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know what else I do. Quite honestly, you know, it's such a, it's been such a passion for me, and I've done so many things in my life that I'm, I'm a happy camper. Of course, of course. I'm glad. I'm happy to hear that. I heard a rumor, and maybe this is completely out of left field, but that there is a possibility of perhaps new songs or retooled songs from yourself yeah. and Lou Graham at some point? Yeah, there are some, uh, some songs half finished that we, uh, we, didn't, we weren't able to finish them at the time and they got put aside. But um, Lou's got a few ideas and I do and um, I think we're going to try and get together at some point this year and sift through what we have, and who knows, you know. So uh, you have the musical, uh, the Cold as Ice tour, and possibly, if, yeah. if it all works out, yeah. uh, and some new foreigner, actual new foreigner music. Yeah, we've, we've also got um, a, a DVD coming out of the uh, first show in England in 1978 or nine, oh I think it was. Oh my God. And um, playing at the Rainbow in London, and uh, I took a look at it and, well, it was only, uh, it, it wasn't recorded, uh, it was just basically a board mix. And um, I listened to it and looked at it and it's amazing, you know, it took me right back. Yeah. And I think it's a, it's a good, for me it made me remember, you know, how everything came together. Wow. And, um, and then we, we've just done a pretty much an orchestral tour of Australia and that's opened up another avenue yeah. we do unplugged which is you know I don't know how we do all this stuff yeah. but we do it yeah it's, that's uh, incredible 
Yeah. Incredible. So uh, just before we wind, uh, wind up here, um, I wanted to ask, since you are doing the Canadian tour, if I know you talked about uh, working with Brian Adams when he was younger, but if you have any particularly fond memories of Canada over the years or, or being in Canada or, or touring? Well, I always felt, I mean, I came here a long time ago and um, I spent some time in Montreal and uh, Toronto and just something about, um, it was a, a calmer sort of vibe than New York, definitely. <laughs> and uh, I mean, I'd lived in places like Paris and London, you know, but uh, New York was crazy. And um, so going to Canada, I found it a bit of a relief, you yeah. know. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I like the attitude here. The, the problems are much less, I think, than, you know, I mean, in, in the quality of life, let's right. say. I think people uh, concentrate more on that here. And um, it's just a bit cold, that's all. <laughs> it's a bit cold, especially in February. <laughs> um, lastly, when people come to check out Jukebox Hero, mm -hmm. what do you hope that they take from this musical? Well, um, I think just the awareness that uh, I think some of the audience are going to be surprised that we wrote all these songs, you know. And uh, we never were a band that's sort of the glossy magazine band, you know. So we weren't uh, instantly recognizable, which suited me down to the ground. But, um, and I think uh, we found that you can see people that didn't realize that some of these songs they've been listening to were actually by us, you know. Right. So I think it's going to, being a slightly different audience, a theater-going audience, I think it'll uh, demonstrate that we're, we're not a one-hit wonder band. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. And, uh, you know, we can do it. Awesome. Well, I want to make sure I get these dates right. So February uh, 20th to 24th, Jukebox Heroes running here at the uh, Ed Mervish Theatre in Toronto. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the matinee, there's matinee and evening performances on the Saturday and Sunday. So I guess it's the 23rd and the 24th. Yeah. So you can go to mervish.com for that. The Cold as Ice uh, Foreigner Canadian Tour, which is running the 24th of February. So right when this ends, I guess you got to head out yeah. <laughs> on tour. February 24th to March 18th uh, and foreigneronline.com. Uh, for tickets and information about that yeah. tour. And uh, if you're listening to Ages and Icons, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Gina usually does these plugs. What yeah. am I missing? You're right. <laughs> and there we go. Spotify. Spotify. And of course, everythingzoomer.com. Uh, where you, you can see me at one of the foreigner shows, so <laughs> for sure. <laughs> you can really? spot Gina in the crowd, say hi. <laughs> so uh, thank you, uh, Mick, of course, for being here today. And thank uh, you. Congratulations on everything going on. Thank you very much. And all the best with the it's musical been a pleasure. tour. Uh, thank you to Gina, of course, and to everybody involved, and to everyone listening. And we'll see you next time on Ages and Icons. Bye. Sounds good. Awesome. Thank you so much, Mick. You got it. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads.
Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.